and we're back. Um, today joining us is a remarkable individual and exceptional storyteller, multiple award-winning filmmaker, a preacher of the gospel of Africa. I call him Jopa of African storytelling. <laughs> Please welcome my brother and my friend David Aquara. Thank you. Alright, David, welcome to the show. We we're really great. Um, it's great to have you here. Um, so we're just going to dive right in. We're just going to go straight in. Um, so can you share with us your journey into filmmaking? Oh, you know, let's start with first of all, what you do, who you are. You know, let's hear it from your own mouth. I mean, you said it, I'm, I'm, I'm a filmmaker, but I'm a bit different because I focus on telling stories around development. So I like to say I'm a storyteller that wants to use storytelling to create impact. So yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Well, that's good. So how did you um, venture into storytelling or into filmmaking generally? What's that journey been like for you? Okay, um, I'll, start, I'll start from the beginning. Apparently, I wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> when you said you start from the beginning, I thought we were going to say beginning. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was in secondary school. And at that time, I didn't have good command of English, so I needed to go somewhere that would teach me how to speak properly. So I, I went to a film, a drama house, that's what okay. it a drama society. So I was there. When I come reach there, I don't realize that I can do much more. So as a filmmaker, we're able to tell stories around health, around infrastructure development, around love. You know, every aspect of life. Yeah. I can be. I can tell that story. And really, the reason why I wanted to be a lawyer was because I wanted to advocate. I wanted to be the Ghanifi me of my time. So I saw filmmaking or storytelling as that medium that would allow me to achieve the same purpose. That's how I moved out from being a lawyer to film. And so, yeah, and from there on, because of the, the central group, that's why I tell people a lot, because of the initial motive, right, that is, we want to advocate for people, we want to speak on people's behalf. That's what has led me from making movies to start doing documentaries and now carrying a niche for myself that you, I want to start telling stories around development. So yeah, that's really how my journey has been in the last uh, few years. So did you actually study law? Did you, even, did you study law or that was the choice you made for secondary school or? And I was close. I mean, I wanted to study a diploma at the time. Okay. Well, so what did you study in school? Studied film. I did. I, I, there's, there's a school in Nigeria where I studied film and TV um, production. Okay. And then I went to Ghana. That's where I studied film proper, proper. So I studied film and TV directing. So that was the first time I was. And this is not to this Nigeria, but that was the first time I was. I was studying film and I, and I saw the, the equipment myself. I'm able to use them. You know, after you do um, practical, sorry, theory class. They give you the camera to do what you have learned. So that's where I interfaced with storytelling. Okay, and how early was this? Was this, um, you might not want to state the exact age. You are, you no, I mean, I, 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 I say that because I, I try to use that as a mechanism <laughs> to encourage you. But I think I, I was 17 then. I was 17. Okay, also, you started really early. Yes. Okay, that, that's actually really good. So, um, you knew right from time that that was what you wanted to do. Or you, or it was more, or did it start as a hobby and then eventually became a profession? 
Would you still call it a profession or a hobby now? No. I think I'll call it a life. So as a child, I've always I've always wanted to be not really be different, but I've always wanted to add my voice to conversation. Okay. So if you for people who knew me where I was coming from, Kolo Kolo, right? I have to mention that this is that anybody from Kolo Kolo. <laughs> <laughs> From is, that, is that a place in Nigeria? It's, it's, a, place, it's a place in Mwari, actually. Oh, okay. It's a place in Mwari, Delta State. Where I was, where I was growing up, I was, I was, I was involved doing art, I was involved doing um, mechanical work, uh, electronics repairing. So I always like to, I want to be active, let me put my hand in something. So I think all of these things from my childhood put together, you know, it made me, it made me see life as, you have to be a contributor. Okay, true. So that, that's my perspective to everything. So I, I see what I do now as life. Because really, if I don't contribute, within the essence of staying alive. So yeah, that's my philosophy. So what were your earliest um, influences? I mean, you said you wanted to be like, um, sorry, what's the name you mentioned? Of your time, you said you wanted to be like someone of your time. When you, earlier, you said you wanted to be like, uh, I think, Kani something? Five years. Yeah, so, was, would you say he played a big role in your decision? I, I wouldn't say that exactly. I, I think first it is with my father. Okay. That was a major influence because my father was, was, was a traveler at the time. So when he comes from the different countries that he has been to us, as, as an option, yeah, he shares stories. And underneath all the stories that he shared, I was, I was very interested in the impact side of the story. So that's when I, that's when I started seeing, noticing who was gratifying me. So if I didn't have that foundation for my father, who was sharing stories, I'm sure I would not have noticed that there was any money. If I can see him, if I can read his work, I would take it personal. So the influence started from my father and then to the other people I now met after, after that, that time. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, what would you, this, how would you describe um, how the message of Africa is received? Um, starting with um, the message of Nigeria, how it is received to other African countries, and then how the story of Africa as a collective is received outside the, outside the continent. And, and this is a very phenomenal question. Do why? <laughs> because I had this conversation with my friend in Kenya yesterday about being in Nigeria, right? I said to him, and I'll say that, I'll say the exact word here. You will hear that in Nigeria they've been appointed to a high office in the US, but that will not go viral. But you hear that somebody from one part of Nigeria scammed somebody in the US, and that will go viral. So, the, the first, I was talking about Nigeria, the message of Nigeria that is outside Nigeria, it's, it doesn't tell the authentic story of who we are. We are over 250 million people. And if 10% of that population are doing things wrongly, I think it's unfair to judge everybody as we are, we are all the same. Everybody in this room, I'm, I'm, I, can, I can be very certain. There are people who are, who are trying to be better people. Yeah. And they are putting in work. And that's why this podcast is happening. So if these stories are not shared with the world, People would think that the average Nigerian guy is, is a fraudster or is he or is a terrorist or is a dangerous species. So I think 
know, the stories about Nigeria and outside Nigeria have not, been, have not been good. And I'll give practical example. So because of the work that I do, I travel a lot within the continent. So I see firsthand how I'm being received. So when I say I'm a Nigerian, you see the, the repelling factor, you step back. Baba, <laughs> I'm a Nigerian, I don't keep a scene. And you know, when you even, when you not see the impact of the work that you are doing, the question will not be, are you sure you're a Nigerian? My next response would be, how should a Nigerian be? Don't you think that Nigerians, especially where I'm from, I'm from worry. So when I say that I'm a worry boy, it makes the conversation more, more technical. What would the worry boy be involved in the conversation around continental economic development? Yeah. I said, but, but bro, we're not, we're not all comedians. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not all comedians. Yes, comedy is in our gym, but that's not who we are. So back to what you were talking about. So the message from Nigeria, out of Nigeria, it's not good. And I think that you guys who are in media, when I say you guys because you are hosting <laughs> you guys are in media, I think that you're not propelling the message of Nigeria well. And that will work off of how Africa has been received. If the most populous black nation in the world is not so that rightly, how would how would a country like Iswatin, that is not up to the population of Lagos, Nigeria, how would they receive them? Sure. So, so yeah, similar to what you said about um, the narrative that is being sold, I remember uh, I watched, I think it was a TikTok video, mm -hmm. where um, someone said, there are in, in the US, I think in this year alone, between January and March, there are mm -hmm. over 3,000 school shootings in the US, but we don't know about that. But the little um, robbery that happened so it's, 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 it's a big deal and Nigeria. See, I would like if you. I mean, I'm in my 30s. For these 30 years of my life, eh? I never, I never, I never see anybody, any close person around where they kidnap. Ah, well, well. That's my narrative. True, yes, that's your yeah. my narrative. I have never, I have not seen hand robbery. I never experienced that. And I think that I'm not the only one. See, they break down my house. So I would feel unjust when people start sharing narrative that Nigeria is not safe. And I'm not the victim of, of any sort of attack. I've never been arrested. I've never even put this to be anybody. And this is three decades, brother. So when people say that, oh, this thing, I've even done the research of the most Corrupt, not even corrupt. I mean, the where where thrusters are doing that. Just want to check check out the list of countries that have the highest form of fraud. We don't do the top, but the media made it look like now we lead yeah. the whole thing, and we never even never feel scratch surface. And it's not to encourage crime. Yeah. I'm just saying that we have to change that narrative because really, we get brilliant mind. I'll give one very one very personal experience. I was not supposed to do this podcast because I was meant to be in South Africa. Now, I am co-hosting an event with, with my partners. Everybody done this in South Africa. Everybody work for me. When they under my line, oh, oh, they don't get this, they don't need South Africa. Me nothing gets. And I do something phenomenal. It's something extraordinary. And my passport will be first-timer. So when you look at the stuff that I have had, 
naturally you will earn you visa. But I know somebody about this 29th of September, and I'm going to an African country. Yeah, I think that's something we'll definitely talk about later on. So, you know, it's, it's again narrative. So if Nigerians, and it's a, it's a big work on us, if we, if we don't do something about this image thing, do you know what's going on in Rwanda? What's the image of Rwanda that you have? This is Rwanda. I'm not saying that shady things happen, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so sure that it's not all good. So I have, uh, someone said something, right? And I think it's, it's a big one to what the EU does, whereby, um, especially the Schengen area, mm. if you live in one Schengen area, you can move freely between all the other Schengen areas. And, and because of that, um, and they do a lot of um, cross studies, so where people in Belgium can go to Germany and yeah. study for a whole year. And because of that, a lot of people tend to have an idea of what is going on in other countries and have a sense of what their own culture. But if you ask me now, right, the only thing I know about Ghana is that, oh, Ghana just is, oh, okay, someone's good. I've never had it, so I can't put that to a fact that it's good or not. Right? And, and you I don't think, have Ghana No, I'm not. shit. And the funny thing is, <laughs> We are the two we are the two Anglophone countries that are close. The other two countries that are in between us are Francophones. So if two English countries only live within French countries, never have each other food. Well, true. And I'm I'm not trying to shame you, I'm not trying to say that. Yeah, it's sad because we have not been able to integrate, even as West Africans. We're not talking about oh, we should integrate with Eka, it's called East, East African Community. Yeah. We're not talking about Sade, Southern African Community. Within East Africa, it We never feel you know, How many of us are good man? No. Burkina Faso, Liberia. So, if I just did it, pay me because we know we, we, we all the same people at the end of this. I don't know why. I don't know why there's this border in our minds because I don't see the fiscal border, I see the borders of our mind. Because as you did, so you don't think of going to short course for Liberia. You know, and, and there could be something good. I'm not sure you've look, looked up Liberia, looked up check. I mean, I'm a filmmaker, so and I know that people who are creating this thing, some of them are filmmakers. I'm not sure they have been to Wakadu, where they have it's in Burkina Faso, yeah. and that's where they host um, from Sparkle. That like the biggest film festival on the continent is hosted in Wakadu. Something I've never heard that name before. Definitely my first time. So it's in West Africa. So again, like who just said that I had to button. Yeah, no, about no, no. the movement between from Benjamin. Yeah. That's 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 what. We should have been doing that. Okay, you, you can move from here to um, um, Sierra Leone. So, know what's going on in Sierra Leone? So, I know it would be like my imagination to see how we can have cultural exchange. That's why, if you look at your WhatsApp now, if you look at your WhatsApp stories, it's all the people that you've known all your life. Maybe the new country that you are now in. Yeah. You don't have Joseph, Ethiopia. You don't have uh, Margaret. Um, uh, uh, Burkina Faso or Tanzania because you don't have these people in your life. And I think that it should be a conscious effort for every African, and every Nigerian in particular, to make it a duty to travel Africa. 
Oh, that, that's, the, that, that's the only point you can you can meet with humanity. You don't really know who you be until you see your fellow brother when you look like you. So I, I should state this. I, I I met David I think in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty yeah I think twenty twenty one. Yes, and and um since then, having after having a lot of conversations with him, I made it a personal goal to actually travel Africa. Uh, I've started with just a fun trip, right? Um, but yeah, I, I, I do hope to travel. Um, I, I want to see Cairo as well. So I want to start with the very popular. I my question to you. So how do you feel when you did Morocco? I mean, you see what they don't do. How do you feel as an African? I mean, to a very large extent, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. First of all, the Moroccans very friendly people, very amazing people, right? And I was particularly impressed with the infrastructure that they had in place, right? In, in that, a lot of my cards were working there. Uh, my international cards were all working there. I'm not sure about my international cards would, would work as seamlessly. I mean, I could go to any ATM and I would withdraw. Yeah, currency. Yeah, their currency, and they would just debit me in um, pounds. And, and it, was, it was a very smooth and seamless um, experience, really. I, but I, I want to say, maybe because they, are closely knitted to Spain and Portugal, so they have a lot of um, Western influence over them. But I mean, I think Nigeria still has one of the most, um, I want to say, influence, Western influence on our culture. So about the work like that, that, that you were mentioning about how things work, how many how many times have the average Nigerian seen that part of Morocco? Definitely not, not a lot. I don't think Morocco is a destination country for a lot of Nigerians. Yeah. And, and it's a really beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Like, I, think, and, and, and I don't want to just, to just marry into Nigeria. How many people in Mali or in Niger see a brother? We have 55 countries in the continent of Africa. Among these 55 countries, we don't even know each other. Sure. Because we own these seats. I was telling somebody that the local government chairman of my place or the council of my place, when 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 yeah yeah, it's ideal abroad, south side of the continent. Abroad is not South Africa. It's not. It's not um, Malawi. Abroad is the UK. And when you go to the UK, and please help me help me understand because you live there. <laughs> is it that they feel like it's no human being that built what they have? So you know you know the funny thing about that. Uh, so I've always been infatuated with um, the UK, particularly London, you know. Also say I'm a Chelsea fan, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And when I go to the UK, I just when I just got there and I saw everything, I'm like, so this is this is this is all. This is all there is. And funny enough, if you ask many Nigerians even in the UK, they will tell you that if not for say security and how the government they rule Nigeria. See, before that day, Nigeria, a lot of people want to come back. It's a testimony. A lot of people want to come back. It's a testimony. The leadership deficit is it's just so sad. But again, I think I, I like what Rwanda is doing. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, for them, they don't have a chapter that says all African can come to their country without visa fee. With that visa application, I think that's a good one. Yeah. So that fear of oh, if you leave your borders open, people will flock in. You can't take, you can't have control over it. 
I think we should go and learn from Rwanda. I look at how Rwanda is selling Africa. Yeah, so now when you look at when anytime you buy a, a an Arsenal GC, you see visit Rwanda, you want to go book yes. Rwanda and where Rwanda is. Every time you buy the training GC of PSG, you would see visit Rwanda. So imagine some of the biggest stars in the world, Messi, for example, has won as well a JC where it roots Rwanda. I think if you have more countries like this selling themselves, like I said earlier, Rwanda also has their weakness. Sure. They're not all happy the way it works. Again, it is selling strength as against weakness. So I am hoping that this new administration that has come in would we would not have a Nigerian dream. So let me trace back to what we're going to be talking about, right? And how um, what we said, how are people receiving the message? Right now, we've talked about how people are receiving the message of Nigeria in Africa. And so now I want you to shed more light on how people are receiving the message of Africa to the rest of the world. Right? Um, but before then, right, you mentioned how even within Africa, mm. when you as a Nigerian go to certain countries and they say and you they tell you and you they you tell them that you're Nigerian, there's this um um laid back um feeling from them. Now is this I, I won't play the race card here now. So is this very prominent in even in black countries or uh and what is the difference between black uh African countries, how they receive you and how the uh, I want to say the Moroccans, the Algerians, who are not particularly black colored skin. They are black. Well, yes, they are, we're all blacks, yeah. right? But in terms of, I, I know a lot of them tend to argue that they're not really black because of how their hair grows and the color of their skin, right? So how, is there a difference in how they receive our message? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there are, I, think, I don't think there's, there's any difference. So the fundamental problem that I've noticed is that for, and from a good book, when you love yourself, you want to love other people. Yeah. And, and I'll just oppose that with people like strangers that do it well. So there is a love that we give out to strangers that are doing well. And this doing well, it's relative. You know, like you mentioned that the shooting going on in America, it's not documented, you can't see it. Sure. People don't know that it is. It is risky to live in some part of America. But if an American person comes to welcome him with two hands. So we, we know how to love people that we perceive are doing well. And then we don't know how to love ourselves. Because really, why would somebody from Botswana see another person from, from, from Kenya or from Uganda and treat him differently? I think for, 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 for when, when, when this topic about love, but so we're talking about, about how, how we're being received, I think that we don't have love for ourselves. But if I truly love myself, I'll be able to give love. So in, one, in, 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 in some stead, I try to forgive our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Because I feel like you, you lack love. <laughs> because if you really love yourself, then bro, it's easy to see things from the other person's perspective. Because at the end of the day, we should realize that we will not be able to move the needle if we work alone. You mentioned something about the EU. See, the EU is a, is a modern example of integration. How you can move, you can't even move 
if this product was originally produced in Germany. Yeah. Or produced in. It's just in the EU. Produced in the EU. That's all. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. And so what what what, what now happens is that a manufacturing company in the EU, in an EU member state, Germany for example, can move goods to Italy. Italian can move goods. So they are making money and they are growing as a block. And that's why like when there's crisis around the world, as a block, they can contribute money. Come back home in Africa. Even within the economic community that we have created, and they are there for creating those economic communities that our goods should be able to move within that community. It doesn't happen. So now, when there's crisis now in the world, we can't see as Africans who are donating $10 billion from... Yeah. And I think that we don't see all these things that we are not doing as a collective. Because if we see these things that we are not doing as a collective, as a collective in the sense that we are not contributing to global conversation economically, we are always there for AIDS. We will never be respected. So if an African, whether you are a Zimbabwean, if you are listening to me, the only reason why we will be respected is when we work as a unit. Not, uh, sorry, as a collective rather, not as a single unit. We need to come together as one people and push an agenda. And that will bring me to the African continent of That's one of my, that's one of the most important projects that I've done in my life. Because it's an opportunity for what I'm wearing eh? yeah. to, add, to add money to the pocket of whoever has produced it. Because this shirt that you're wearing, if it's not made on the continent, if the value is not added on the continent, you are putting money in another man's economy. Yeah. So the ASCFTA is, is here to make sure that everything that we're using in this house, in this setup, was, 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 was manufactured here on the continent. So the raw material that we need to make this leather, it was, it was gotten from Kano. The value addition was done in Ghana. And now it's sold to the entire continent. So that's, that, 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 that's for me, it's the most important thing that the African continent has done. Yeah, but I mean, isn't, are there not still restrictions, particularly with um, the currency differences? So, for example, I, I want to believe trade is easier in the EU because they use one currency. There are only a few um, states like um, Poland and uh, Russia who have their own currency, but it, um, the euro mm. is still accepted. So, um, but in, in Africa, uh, in Ghana, I can't use my Nigerian naira. You know, so do you think that um, affects trade within the African state? And I know there are rumors about the African dollar. All right, so, what, what do you have to say for that? So I, I think that we are, we are missing the we are, no, we are missing the goal. That is to say, we are jumping the gun. Okay. See, the, the primary thing is that first we have decided that we want to trade with ourselves. There's something called the Pan-African Payment System, PAPS. The idea is that every central bank of every country will be integrated into that system. So once you pay, so once you are in Ghana, you'll be able to do real-life conversion and make payments. Because when the world is right now, I don't know, I don't know, maybe because you are, you are up, you are outside the continent. But in Nigeria, I can't, I can count how many times I've made, I've done paper payment of monies. That's always been on transfer and cards. And I think that's where the world is going. The ASCFT, I've, all, I've also seen this blind side. 
I don't think that this, this is the time for advocating for a one currency. The advocacy should be how do we get easy payments? So if I, if I have my mobile app and I'm in Tanzania, I'm able to make payments because my central bank is integrated into a central system. I think that's that, that's that's what we should we should we should be looking at. And for the Pan African payment system to have been established, I think that's that, that that's a win. Nigeria, Ghana, um, 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 Gambia. I think like seven countries I know are already member of yeah. the central system. So I think that more countries should embrace it. So that when we when I come into your country, all I have to do is to have the PAPS app. I'm able to do transactions. So really, it's I, I think the application should not be for uh, a single currency because that would be a problem. See, make we stay the way we be. Eh? Yeah. But make we understand that we need to do business. What are the easiest way to do business without changing our currency? And in my opinion, I think online payments, bro, you will not have a flutter way. Yeah. If flutter ways can make make payments to somebody who is in Tanzania. Why do, why, why do they need to change the currency? currency? See any, any so while you frogging, the reason why you had to do that at the time was because there was no technology. Right? The, the market has been there for over 70 years. So I'm sure in the EU, why why a phone transfer is, is, is very prominent. Yeah, it's, it's, I literally hardly ever use my cards or everything is on my phone. I tapped it, 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 it to pay basically. Exactly. So I went to Tanzania, like I, 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 I was in um, Kiata Airport in Kenya, and I wanted to buy something. My card moved, and they see the fee as the only dollar was their currency. Nigerian currency, no. So I felt bad. Because I could just even, because I had money in my Nigerian account, yeah. I could just pay for this water. I couldn't pay. The guy had to give me the water for free. Because I think I'm say I'm going to die here if I don't get water. So give me the water because I get money but I can't, right. can't extract yeah. it. So I think that that's it, another work for the tech tech and um, tech companies in Africa. How do we make solutions that are for Africans? Well, I think that most of the things that we do, we are doing it for another person. Yeah, but then don't you think? I mean, I feel like a lot of fintechs, right? come with the right mindset, but then um, the individual financial restrictions of each country uh, puts a lot of strain on their business model and restricts what they can achieve. That is allowed. I, I mean, I think... Uh, so, but, but you have a very ex example of such so that we can... Uh, I would say uh, uh, Providus Bank. Yeah, I think it was Providus mm. Bank. Uh, MFA. I think uh, the first time he came out and then he banned, I think it was crypto he banned, I don't yeah, remember what he banned. Now, Provenance Bank originally existed at any um, fintech that was doing virtual cards, virtual wallets, literally anything, crypto, whatever, was, uh, Provenance Bank was their provider. Oh, wow. And then, immediately made that pronouncement and I, I just imagined what that was like for the CEO of Providence Bank to just, to just wake up from his sleep one evening, from his nap one evening and just see that all the partners pulled out from there, from them as their provider, just because of a pronouncement, yeah, a, policy. Yeah, a policy that was made. And of course that already, that's a practical example of how the um, 
policies of each country mm. can affect. Um, another example, so I applied for a job um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a fintech in the UK, and they work on borderless payments, right? Mm. That's what everybody says, they're working on borderless payments, right? Even though there, there's a, there are a lot of borders <laughs> around what they're doing, right? And then I, I was going through the um, list of African countries that they were working on because what, one thing they want to specialize in is oh, helping African students pay their school fees and things mm. like that, which is good. And then I noticed there was no Nigeria and Naira. And then I just asked that, oh, during the interview, I said, oh, I, I was going through your um, website and I noticed that there was no Nigerian Naira. And she said, oh, yes, well, I'm really sorry about that, but the Nigerian government has made it very difficult for us to operate in the country, and that's why we decided to pull out all the investments in Nigeria. And wow. that is, I think, the most practical example I can give. But yeah, let's let's get back to you and now let's talk about your movies, right? I want to understand. Um, so you do documentaries now, right? And that comes with a lot of facts. So and with documentaries, it's more whatever you say, whatever I watch and I've seen you say, I take it as fact. So what do you? What what's the process like? What is what are the steps you take? in ensuring that every fact, everything said, is true. Mm -hmm. I have to say this. The truth is relative. <laughs> I think that, I think that when, when you watch my documentaries, you should be looking at it from, from context, from okay. perspective. So I can't tell you here, seated that, oh, everything everybody sees in my documentary is true. But we have a central message. And that's where, that's what our real focus is on. So if we're talking about single payments, we want to, we want to deal with the issues. So as long as whatever you're going to tell us aligns with the truth yeah. that we're pushing at, it's fine. So we're, we're, we're very particular about subjects. And of course, we have done our own, our home research. So yeah. we know what fits in our world. What doesn't fit in? What doesn't fit in? So yeah, our process is very, it's a two-way thing. We do our research and we wait for you to give us the feedback because really, for, for, for documentaries, the interviewees are the one who needs the conversation. What, at best, what we try to do is to prompt them to bring that certain information that will aid our story. So our story is, is key for us. The narrative that we want to push out is key for us. Now, one of the stories that I care about is free movement of people. Yeah. And because I have been restricted from moving to a particular country that I'm supposed to be now, you are sure that when I, when I want to tell that story, yeah. it will be different because it's experiential. So, I want to speak with the immigration people. I want to speak with the head of commissions, high commissions. I'm pushing questions and find out how did they how do, how, how, do, how do they differentiate people who are coming there to illegal yeah. migrate and people who are there to add values? So yeah, so these are the these are the subjects like this are what are what drives us. And because we have had um, practical experience, we, we 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 think that we should be true to everything that we are saying. So we appreciate experiences that we have gone through. So that when we Put forward our questions. We're not talking from imagination. We have practical example of 
we are not able to move from point B to point B because of this. So how are we addressing it? So if you lie to us, yeah. you want to come after you. Like, you said that this is the way you guys are doing it. So we are pushing the responsibility to the authorities who are supposed to give us the right answer. So that's how you know, that's how we work, work this out. I am not confusing because <laughs> no, I'm I'm very excited. So um your documentaries, would you say you are making them for Africa or you're making them for the world? Mm. That's a very tricky question. And a follow-up question to that would be maybe I ask okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm making it for Africa and for the world. For the world yeah. I think that um, my story is for humanity, for human beings. Okay. Yeah. I was telling my friends that um, the rise have had very good screening outside Africa. I will not say more. They've had very good, even Bangladesh. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that one. Yeah, Bangladesh. The screening, man, I'm like, this guy, they, they thought that they should, they should make the rise a, 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 a a, a, a special movie to be seen because they gave me a special mention. Yeah. Like, okay. But my, 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 my concern really is telling the human story. And my human story would derive is that we want to develop economically. So anybody that sees the rise knows that these are this is a continent that is fighting for survival. Yeah. Because you will grow if this agreement is not implemented. The future of the next generation will be at stake. But what that would mean is that everything in this house will be brought out of the continent. And, and every time these are imported outside the continent of Africa, yeah. we, are, we, are, we are exporting jobs out of the continent. That is why people like you, who is currently studying in the UK, will not think of coming to Nigeria to settle. Because there's really no value addition that you can do here that can give you that can earn you money. So this African continental region area is here to address that. So that when even if it's not going to happen in my lifetime, the next generation would come into an Africa where they know that they are responsible for the growth of their place. Yeah. They know that the wood that they have in their forest, that's what they would use to make chair. We will not have a situation where when you go to workshop, you hardly see your people there. Because when they even make their products, we're not able to buy. Because we are already being polluted, colonized by. Yeah, but why I asked that question is uh, and which was the follow-up question was um, in terms of how the movie is made, would you say um, you put more conscious efforts? trying to reach out to a specific demographic. So you know how, um, I, I won't say for example, a lot of um, Nollywood movies, I think there was a movie that recently came out, um, Black, Book. Black Book. Yes, when I first watched the movie, the, the first 30 minutes of the movie, I said, the first thing that came to my mind is low budget John Wick. That was the first thing that came to my mind. No offense, great movie, great movie, great movie, but that was what came to my mind. Because I feel like, we have started making movies um, to to look to mirror the American ones, right? And I, I want to believe yes, it's getting a lot of um, viewings from uh, the Western world. Yeah, our movies are now getting a lot, a whole lot more viewings because of probably the way we. So, do you um, take into context 
or is, is there something you do differently because you know this this documentary or this movie is going to be seen by several other people in other countries? So it depends on what you mean by how do how how do you want to view it, right? So for every storyteller has a goal, and for me, telling especially story about Africa's development is really to rekindle hope, okay. right? So that when you see the project in the UK or when you see the project in Tanzania, you would have a sense of what is going on on the continent and your role that you have to play in it. So for us, it's, it's really about the message of Africa that we put together nicely. So that when you watch the video, it will not look so archaic that you would miss the message. But for us, the message is prominent because um, there is a sense of urgency that if we do not start to take care of ourselves, we will not even have money to be able to buy care. Because what we are not doing now is we are buying care. We are not, we are not providing care. Yeah. We, are, we, are, we are totally... Imagine what happened during the Ukraine. I think an ongoing crisis. There is still an ongoing crisis, yes. We couldn't get grains. And Africa should be exempted from it because 70% of our arable lands are not cultivated. And we have one of the best soils in the world. So, in a case where there's crisis, we will be the first to feed the heat. You know, in Africa, we, we really have food banks. In other countries, there's food bank. So if there's, if there's crisis, it is easy for you to resolve it. But for Africa, it hits straight. So for us, we are bringing the message that you, if you don't, if you don't be part, if you are not part of this movement, you will not have a home to call Africa. So I think that's really the context and the perspective that we want to see it from. And the movie is really not made for foreigners. Really, and that goes the truth. Yeah, we, we appreciate foreigners to look at you, but it is made for us. Yeah. It is self-conscious message so that you that is in the diaspora, you that is in Africa, you know that you have a role to play for this implementation. And therefore, our friends who are not Africans that believe that they can invest on the continent, come. It's not a bad you know, to have Adidas having a production um, factory in Nigeria. Or Louis Vuitton. I'm, I'm sure you've heard stories that our letters have been exported out of the country and it becomes another big brand that you know. Yeah. So how come you cannot set up that factory in Kano? Once you set up that factory in Kano, you are you are you are providing job and you are helping on skilled men learn skill. Some people don't know the finishing touch that goes into producing a Louis Vuitton bag. You know why? Because we've not seen the factory before. Yeah, we have no idea what So I think that's the perspective of what the rise is about. That see, this knowledge that you have in the UK, please bring it, bring it home so that we can start adding value to the enormous raw material that we have on the continent. So really, that's really the perspective. That's what I put in. That, that's what is in my mind. And I'm glad that people that have watched the West, Afri West African episode of the film, they say the same thing. They feel the urgency to be part of of this very important movement. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy you mentioned the writing because that's what we're moving to now. Oh! Yeah, that's what we're moving to. What motivated that project? I think you've 
kind of covered that already, but mm-hmm. specifically now for the, ride, yeah. for the rides, what motivated that project? What were the challenges that you faced? And what what was what's the gospel truth in that you were trying to preach in the rise? Okay. You would help me because it's very it's that is gonna be like three hours talk. <laughs> so for, for the rise, because I have had the consciousness of being part of solution providers than just being a complainer. I was told by somebody in the UK that glad called me up and said there's this agreement that is coming up. Oh, they thought I was in Ghana, so they wanted me to go to the office in Ghana to do some video work stuff there. So I told them I'm not in Ghana, but I can go. You know, this, I can get guys there. Don't worry. And apparently at that time Nigeria had not had not ratified the agreement, so we were not eligible to be part of the whole project. So that also excluded me as well, because guess I'm Nigerian, your country has not ratified. So in December 5th, Nigeria ratified of, of 2020, the guy called me a day after and said, yo, it's not time for us to start telling stories around Nigerian ratification. So I made an introductory video in partnership with that organization about Nigeria ratifying the agreements. I thought that was going to be the end of it for me. And, you know, God knows, I did that project from my heart because I was excited that this is for the first time we're having 60% of African head of state agreeing to a particular treaty or charter. They're signing and they're ratifying. And Africa, the, the, the biggest economies, Egypt is already there, South Africa is there, Nigeria is there, Kenya is there. I'm like, yo, this is, this is, this is big. So I told that story and that story went viral. You know, so I was not telling myself that, oh, I'll start documenting what is going on in Nigeria, the progress. And the only day I was, I was, I was in my bathroom, my father's bathroom, and, you know, I, I heard a voice that it's time to take you to Africa. So I inquired him, well, what do you mean by take you to Africa? So he said, you are going to break it into regions. You start with West Africa, and then you move it to every region of Africa. And at that time, I don't even have money to buy tickets to go. That's even the part of the challenge, but that's what I'm moving into. I have money to buy tickets. And I have not done a documentary of that scale before. What I do regularly, 30 minutes, a documentary series for the entire continent, that was a big body. But well, you know, when, when, when you have somebody who is sending you, send you on an errand, yeah. in my relationship with, with, with God, I'm a Christian, by the way. For those who do not know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And so I know that when the Lord puts something in your heart, He's able to make things happen. So for some weird reason, two of my friends who are outside Africa bought my first ticket. So we, 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 what I mean, we, myself and the team are going to meet in, in different countries. Yeah. They didn't know how I was going to go back to Nigeria or how I was going to even come to their country because I have announced that I'm moving from Ghana and coming to Côte d'Ivoire. But I've not gotten Côte d'Ivoire tickets yet. Or I've not even gotten a ticket that will take me from the country I'm going to, that's Ghana, back to Nigeria. Yeah. So I, I entered by faith. Lo and behold, for the first time, I saw that Africans are ready for change. That's why I'm very optimistic about this thing. Because everybody that I went to, everybody, every of the interviewees, you will see some who tell you that, you know, what, what, what can I do to help you? 
Some people will say, oh, I'm going to pay for your lunch today. I'm going to pay for your transportation today. And these people are not gaining anything directly. Even the volunteers, they are saying that we are going to volunteer for this project. Don't, you don't have to give us anything. I didn't say what they have to give anything. <laughs> but they are, they, they had to do the work yeah. was the motivation. And, and on the journey, we got money to buy a ticket to the other country. For 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 Cote for Cote to be very precise, I can't I can't take my host enough. He said, as long as you're in this country, your feeding and your transportation is on us. For people who have been to Francophone countries where they use safe assets, it's expensive. No, 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 I don't blow 100,000 there. Go year and year. So that's how the guy took us around and we were able to complete, complete that episode. So my message. But the truth I got from that journey is that Africa is ready. We are tired of being fed. We want to feed other people. We are tired of being the people who are looking for aid. We want to provide aid. We see what's going on in Gaza. Some of us, eh, we have a way. Eh? We will donate. We see what's going on in Israel. Everywhere that there's chaos, we want to be part of solution providers. So that was the energy I got from everybody I, I interviewed. And that in itself opened me up to the entire continent, made me see other Africans and see that I'm not on this journey alone. We have a lot of people who are, who are ready to go on this journey. So that's, that's, that's really what has, what has kept us. And I, I'm, I'm, I'll be thankful to everybody that has been part of this journey, even yourself. I know the student support that you have given me, you know, I, 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 would not, I would not take it for granted. And that goes to show that you as a person, you want Africa to succeed. Oh, yes, and I'm sure that our guys in the camera, they also want Africa to succeed. So it's, that's our truth, sending that message of it is not the time for Africa. Yeah. So is there a way, I'm curious about this, now. it's just me being curious. No, it's fine. Is there a way you measure the impact of your films on the narrative. So what I mean by that is, can you say, oh, because of the rights, this change has been made, or because of the rights, we've been able to reach, I, I'm sure you can uh, measure your streams and say, oh, we have X amount of streams. Um, but is there a way to say, oh, as an account of this, because of this, this change has been made. This is the amount of people we've actually been able to reach mentally now, not just by you, mm -hmm. but mentally, this is the amount of people that we've been able to reach. Of course, I'm one of them. I'm going to start with you. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you know. but, but sadly, you've not seen the full film yet. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't watched it right yet. But yeah, I've, I've, I've watched the clips from um, his status. I, I, I follow him on social media. I follow his work. So I have an idea of what he is doing. And it is based on that, that, uh, that alone has motivated me to to want to visit Africa, to want to see Africa better. And I, 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 I can't actually wait to watch The Rise, and I want to see what that, what that movie, the effect that movie would have on me, you know? So that's, that's what I'm asking exactly. How do you measure that? So we know, right, that our message is solid. And we have had, I'll give a very, a very, very close example. So we, we, the film was screened in Johannesburg yesterday, and, I got, I got new followers. 
on IG and the conversation was thank you for that movie. We 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 now believe that we can take charge of our destiny. I had a series of chats like that. That people could reach me. For some people, they will not be able to reach out to me directly. Yeah. But because I've seen more than 50 people reach out to me directly and say, David, we saw the rise at this event and we were impressed. We have been motivated to see Africa because one of our central subjects, right, is that Africa is actually beautiful. Yeah. African can trade. Africans should start visiting Africa. So if you, that is, in, is, is one of my, my members of my constituency on WhatsApp, can see my WhatsApp story without even seeing the full film and say that you, there's an opportunity to go to Morocco, I'm going to be there. Because I'm sure that you have, if you see an opportunity to go to Tunisia or to go to Ethiopia, you will you, 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 you be the to say, ah, I'm going. Yes, next year, I actually intend to visit at least two African countries. Great. For some people, some people have made commitment to me that maybe next year, and plan to go to certain countries. So these are the, the real life evaluation. And then the other part of the evaluation is the kind of reception that I have gotten. The UNDP, United Nations Development Program, they've invited me several to speak in their platforms. The, the um, United Nations Economic for Africa, UNECA, they've invited me. The UN as a body, yeah. they've invited me. I'll tell you somebody that I've traveled more doing the rise than doing any other thing in my life. I know that I know that doing the rise affected my commercial filmmaking activities, but the rooms that the rise has brought me into, I, it, it cannot be majored. Yeah. The AU have invited me, AU different agencies have invited me to speak on the rise. And it's because of the impact of that project. That's the reason why I'm being given platforms. So we know. Because you know, they say that in a matter of two or three people, something is established. Yeah. A truth is established. Even I've had over 50 people commenting and saying that we were inspired by this project. I have people who are not even African, who are Americans, who send me prayers that you know, I was just led to pray for you, David, that this project that you are doing will succeed. Even when I, I was denied business, I got to send me prayers. It means that the work is important. You know, so that's really how we major progress. And I know that people who are going to listen to this podcast, because they hear me talk about my African journey, they would want to visit. Yeah. Because it's, it's really truly a disservice for you not to test Shima. Shima is the name of a food. In, in Zambia, it's their stable food. My, my host in Zambia in, 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 in August was telling me that they can't wait to come to Nigeria to also test our pandemia. To test our journal fairs that they hear on the internet. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that for everywhere I go to and I talk about the rise, people begin to get interest of traveling. You know. So yeah, that's really how we major our success. So yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't speak for the fifty plus people that <laughs> message me and say, "Yo, David, please don't give up on this the rest thing that you're doing. It's, it's actually changing narrative." And I hope it's it it, it it's been amplified by. Straight of God. I mean, I know you're working on um, the rise South Southern Africa. Yes. Right. The one you did was um, the rise Western Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so aside that, um, are there any other projects that you're working on? And aside, again, what I want to ask is, what learnings did you get from the West African um, edition that you're going to put forward to the Southern edition to even make it better? 
Okay, so for, for the top, what is that I learned during West Africa was that um, passion is not enough. Passion is good, passion is not enough. So the West Africa episode is, is more complicated. We have more team members on board. You know, we have a branding guy who's going to be doing branding. We didn't have that in West Africa. So it's a lot of technicalities that we are not putting into, into um, consideration, especially even the camera quality. Yeah. Yeah, because we plan to have this on Netflix. So you can't have the kind of camera that we shot on. Yeah. You will struggle on Netflix. You would want to pass it. You want to go and watch Black Black <laughs> And when you see the rest, so the, West, the Southern African episode that we're looking at, we want to make sure that we have for camera specification, we have it correct. We know that we have story already, but we want to improve on, on technicality. That, that's the only lesson that I, that I think that we got from, from that project. All right, so uh, I'm, I'm an aspiring filmmaker. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you have to bring a, I do a lot of. You have to bring drink and bring. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a lot of um, writing, although I haven't written in a long time, but I'm beginning to get myself back and get back into writing. Right. Um, what advice would you give to myself and every other um, aspiring filmmaker out there in terms of um, not just, like you said, passion is never enough, in terms of actually saying, oh, these are the steps that I need to take. Like you said, you went to film school. So I'm guessing everybody should start at film school. No, not really. But yes, yeah, so what are the steps mm-hmm. that we can say, okay, this is the apparent seven steps to film I know, I know. <laughs> and, and based on that, I can judiciously and, uh, follow that step. And, uh, there's no, by no, there, I don't have seven steps. And what I'm going to say is, is, is just a suggestion. Okay. And it is drawn out of my personal journey. So I think for you to be a storyteller, for you to be a writer, to, to, to be work in this space that we're working in, you have to realize that you are feeding other people. That's the first consciousness. You are feeding other people. So what would you feed them with? That's deep. That's actually, that's actually very deep. So, there's a very big complaint about how low quality, how poor storytelling our film is in, in, in this part of the world. I think that these storytellers are not, are not taking up the responsibility that they are feeding people. So for me, what I would tell every aspiring filmmaker is to realize that you are the one that is mirroring the society. You are the one feeding the society. Feed us well. So the offshoot of feeding would be learn to volunteer. We don't like to volunteer in this, in this part of the world anymore. Volunteer. See, some things are not learned in class. So the great things of life, life eh, they are caught. Yeah. Just staying around somebody who is doing extraordinary things. I told somebody that I didn't learn, I didn't, documentary was not what I learned in school. It was not part of my curriculum. But I caught it from my from my from my from my film mentor. He didn't sit me down and say, "Oh, this is the documentary." I by looking keenly. That's why you know the book says that if your eyes is single, your body will bring light. Another part says when you behold him as in the glass, you will be changed. So that's the same thing that works in the creative sector. You have to have something that you can look. And quite and cash from. 
So learning and that's from that whole child. The other thing is you need to read wide. Could be feed people. You need to actually repeat. If you're not feeling you need to listen to this. If you're not listening to this, you need to stay around and sleep in a little bit. <laughs> no, please feel free. You translate. <laughs> Call me on WhatsApp about I'll tell you how to translate. So you need to understand that you have people who know more than you. So run yourself with these people. Because CM, I, I tell a lot of people, I'm not, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the best of my breed. I'm just the most strategic. I know the importance of relationship. See, I'm with you. I'm not quick discarding. I meet you with some other people. Yeah. I don't discard on the phone. I meet you. It's always the day. You know why? I see potential. And I feel like if I keep this relationship, it can lead to something. And now I'm on your podcast. So that's the first kind of thing that aspiring filmmakers should do. That there's the power of relationships. Some of the things that I have now, some of the things that I'm achieving now, I wouldn't have been able to achieve them if I was working as a one-man one-man Yeah. I'm working as a team, so I know how to build relationships. So build relationships, read one, and volunteer. And please choose who you volunteer for. When you volunteer for a crooked person, the crooked things will rub off on you. Very selective. And the ultimate thing to round up this that you have said is know that you are feeding people. And please don't give us Gary Gary. Yeah, give us Shima, give us Wachi, give us Jolofa. I call this thing, you don't know them, you know why. Because you need to travel Africa. Because you know what they call Wachi, Wachi and Ghanaian food, very sweet food. Um, following up on what you said, do you, um, you said we should look, how people we look up to, do you have um, mentees? Or do you personally take mentees? Hmm. My brother, they don't cast. So, I have people who look up to me, but I don't know if they see me as their mentor. And I have people that I feed every time with the emotional aid that God has given me. But it's for them to decide if I'm their mentor. But I have, I have, I have a committee of young people that every now and then I call and encourage. And you know, these days, like Jesus says, all the wisdom that you need from me is in my songs. So people who are following my body of work, if you are my WhatsApp story, you get it firsthand because that's where I really dish out a lot of information. So if you are really interested in following up on what I've said on my story, I'll give you a blue, I'll give you a download. So yeah, I have, I have a couple of people that follow me, but I can't call them my mentee. But they can call me their mentor, you know. So I don't have that uh, title. Okay. Um, Let's look into the future. Oh. Let's look into the future. When you see David Aquara films going, when you see David Aquara himself going, and when you see his films going, there's one thing I'm going to do in the coming year. You know, um, to be able to differentiate David Aquara as a human being, as a person seated here, and then the company in Aquara films. I don't know if it's my friend who named the company for us that cause this problem. So when you see the Vidakwara films, people think that it's films made by the Vidakwara. And, and I get that. I get that. I hope that in the coming year we would have a CEO who would who be able to pull me out of the image completely. But where I see myself, you know, going in the future, 
it's 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 making more projects that would wake the consciousness of whoever sees this. He's getting on interviews and speaking, and the cameraman who is listening to me is taking notes, adding to the, to the work that he's doing. He's you know traveling and meeting ordinary people and listening to their stories, so that I will be so big that when you when you hear me talk to you on a personal level, it will remind you that you don't have to be all proud. Yeah. You, you, don't have, you don't have to carry that burden. That what you have now is actually a gift to the next person. So that brings me to the spirit of Ubuntu. I think that every African, everybody who is even hearing me now that you are back surviving the world, you should go and Google the meaning of Ubuntu. I am the Yahweh because you are Augustine. There's no Augustine, there's no there's no Augustine, isn't it? Talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Mm-hmm. There's no work it like I talk it. So it's all needed together, we're all connected yeah. as family. So yeah, that's really my 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 philosophy and how I see my future. What about the um, industry, filmmaking industry as a whole? What do you think? Uh, do you think we're heading in the right direction? I think so. I think so. I, I think the young man now instead he got into the industry in 2021. And talking to him now, you could see his enthusiasm in most of his dedication looking at cameras. So I think that the future is safe with the new generation of filmmakers that are coming up, who are more conscious. That's why I tell my colleagues at the level that I am now, that we need to make conscious efforts in speaking to these young people and giving them a room to grow. You know, because I am a trained filmmaker and have, I have gotten certain respect in my field, ordinarily I should be the one saying, this light is doing this one. If I do that, I would scare this young man, he would want to dance. You know, so we should be there to say, to be suggesting, not to be, not, not yeah. to be, not be imposing on these people, that you, you should look in this direction to help you. It's easier. So there is, there is, there is, there is an important role for intergenerational relationship. Their generation and our generation needs to contact. And that's the same thing with our generation and the previous generation. To keep on coming together. And we would have, I mean, it's that group, whether you like it or not, it's one of the best things that has come out of Nigeria. Yeah, like I said, it's yeah. yeah, and the reason why I say John Wick is because you don't consume John Wick a lot. Don't imagine they watch the same thing. It's of the things true. I'm sure the boss like people here. You know, I, I really pray that our industry go to a point where we have people consuming more of what we make. So that we can we'll stop this unhealthy comparison with what the only budget for John Wick. This is what they make when the, the guy that boy everywhere. To a point where he had completed the film before he got Netflix deal. So in the case of Netflix giving him one million dollars or two million dollars to go and make the film, he had made the film in 2020. I hope you guys know that. Yeah. If it was made in 2020, and now in 2023, he became global number one. It shows you that a lot of work was put into that project, and I, I respect my my my, my dear brother, the first time film director. Made a film so what if it was released in 2021? Imagine if it would be with all the 
Because now we are exposed to the information as a 2023. And you see a film in 2022 do these grades. I think I think this guy should celebrate. I think that this guy should also have himself wins for that young filmmaker. So that he can transfer his knowledge. Yeah. Because uh, me, brother, I want to see my documentary being number one. <laughs> yeah, he's getting there. He's getting I'm, there. I'm very hopeful. Very hopeful. So what do you think about collaborations um, in in the industry? I think I, I think that's my biggest message. You know, I was in Sorry, I like to mention places and situations. I was at the inaugural AFCMC Symposium in Gambia, and I was in the panel. I told them that it made no sense that I want to make a film in Zambia and I will bring all the crews from Nigeria to Zambia. Yeah. And it also made no sense that I want to have a music collaboration. We're talking about industry, I'm going to put music and everybody together. Okay. I want to have a music collaboration and I'll do it only in Nigeria. Make no sense. For every time I do a project that is cross country, both countries benefit and we are stronger. Let me give you a very quick example that is near home. If we make a film in Zambia and in Nigeria, Zambians who ordinarily would not want to watch the Nigerian film. We know that Nigerian film has gone really well, but you cannot tell me that we have touched all the numbers. Yeah. Because a Zambian is in the film, we have the entire country's sentiment. We want to see it. And for every time we stream that film on Netflix or on Amazon or on any streaming platform, yeah. it gives money to both sides. Both sides. What about music? Every time, um, um, Diamond Platinum yeah. from Tanzania streams um, 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 gets um, um, collaborate with David from Nigeria. Both contribute benefits. Both brands grow. So for us to move the industry to the next level, there is a big anchor of collaboration, and it has to start within. I know that we have a lot of outside African collaboration. We have to look within and say, who is that talent in Malawi? Yeah. Who is that talent far, far, far Guinea Bissau that we can work on a project together? Or is who is that talent in Togo? I, I think the EMVC are doing well. I mean, in the, um, and there's the Hennessy Cyphers as well for, for music, for rappers. I think they are doing well in identifying those people exactly. in different Exactly. But there's very little this organization for you do. Because that's not their, their arrowhead. They are, the company was not established because they want to be identified talent. We as creators, I think one of the things that creators who are listening to me now should take home is how do you have a WhatsApp? And everybody on the WhatsApp story is the same people in your country. It doesn't make, it doesn't make, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's a lot of disservice to you. So go home today, go to your Instagram. Put your Facebook. Go and find out creators who are in other countries and add them up. And tell them that look at what you do. And let them tell you what they do. Let the collaboration. But let's not wait for NBC or wait for AMBC. The real collaboration starts with me and you. So if by the end of 2023, you still do not have a diverse WhatsApp story that when you can know what I know was I, I know what it was. Zambia independence. You know why? Would I have Zambians who posted it? 
I know when the South African I know when something huge happens in Tunisia. Because I have somebody in Tunisia on my WhatsApp. And for the creative sector, I know I know the struggle that others, other industries have. Because I have people who are in those industries. And the struggle is still the same. We do not have, we do not have platform, we do not have visibility. So you as an Nigerian, you are the most visible industry in Africa. Why don't you stretch your hand to another brother? To say you wine and Lesotho. What do we do together? Do you know what Lesotho looks like? <laughs> do you know what Eswatini looks like? I'm not sure you don't even know that it's a king that rules Eswatini. No. It's not a president. Oh, wow. <laughs> Again, because of information. So, my brother, I think that the creators, all of us who are in this industry, need to understand that we are responsible for feeding people. And the, and, and the more people you collaborate with, the more your, your ability to feed people grow. Yeah. You, know, you know that thing that you say is that if, your strength, if you lose strength in days of battle, your strength is small. Yeah. And if you are doing everything within Nigeria, your strength is small. Let's open the space up and have more. Like tomorrow, I will see on this podcast somebody from Tanzania who is just coming to Lagos. Because I am a guy already, you say, Bob, come to my podcast. I'm giving the Tanzanian perspective. So it makes your podcast, makes everything that I do rich. The reason why I'm talking the way I am talking is because of the plenty experiences that I've had over the years. Yeah. So yeah, collaboration is, is, is king. And you should start with me and you. And I'll find somebody in, in Burkina Faso. I know that who happened for the best. <laughs> find out what's going on in Wakatebu. Yeah, I'll find out. So, well, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all the questions. What we have now, so I'm moving into another section of the podcast, and uh, this is just to wrap it up and just to um, make light. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your most memorable travel experience? Like this particular trip, I had so much fun, or I learned so much, and what well, trip? I, I, I think all my travels. No, you have to. I, I'm not asking you. I think all my travels, there's only something very special to learn when I travel. I, 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 I can't say I have, I have worst trips. Maybe because I'm going with a... I don't mind. I don't, yes. I can't ah, My trip to Uganda was beautiful. Even when I got to the airport and I realized that I had already missed my flight. That was 3 a.m. in the morning. And I got to the airport by 3 by two something, thinking that my flight was 3 p.m. That's that struggle to enter back from airport to, to, to uh, Kenya Airways to change my ticket. It was fun. Let's do this in Nigeria. Or is it allow my trip to, to Zambia? I mean, the road there too. So for every, for, for every travel, I think it's, 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 it gets better. So I can't say that, oh, this country was, was the most memorable. Because, my brother, I want to call you Chanina. Let me consider that I go and brother. You just buy it, you just have I'm so sweet, I don't... Coming home... So for someone who will start traveling Africa, what country would you say they should go to first? So it depends on your, your, your passport strength. Okay. So... That's why Nigerian, so as a Nigerian. As a Nigerian, please start, start, traveling, start traveling to West Africa. 
Okay. And the reason is, you may not be able to deal with rejection. Even me, at this level of my travels, the fact that I've, 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 not, I've, I've not yet been denied my visa out because they're not giving me an information. Yeah. My passport is just being held. I don't know why it is detained. Dealing with that alone is even very discouraging. At some point, I was asking myself, do you think that South Africa is legit? Because I was being delayed. So for somebody who is starting out and then you want to start going to Botswana, for lesson to him, I had to submit my film school certificate. As well, God, I had to submit it as part of the requirements. But guess what? I never get this at now. And this conversation has been on since September 24th. This is almost a month. I never get visa. So for somebody who wants to start traveling, please start going to West Africa, go to Ghana, go to Togo, go to Benin Republic, go to Liberia, go to Sibelo, go to Mali, go to Burkina Faso, go to Guinea, go to, go to Guinea Bissau. Start going to all these countries. Go to Cape Verde. I like Cape Verde sometimes, quite, quite, but go to Cape Verde. Go to the countries where you don't need a visa. That you can be stuck at port of entry. So that's what I would, I would advise. So when you now have that, there's a certain courage it gives when you look at the passport and look at the stamps that you have. Yeah. When you apply for other countries, it's easier. So the next easy country I would advise you to go to now is then would be East Africa. Apply to Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, um, um, what do you call this country? Um, 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 Brother B. DRC. That's those countries. And you get it. For example, going to North, because Southern Africa and Northern Africa, they are the countries that takes time. Time. Yeah, for 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 what about um, budget? Travel traveling, what do you think? What do you think is the right amount to have? Right. Budget friendly. Let me say budget friendly. I can't give you a figure because uh, my brother is actually it's actually quite expensive. Pricey traveling. So I don't know your choice. If you want to travel by road, it's a lot cheap. Travel by road. I, I I prefer both. Honestly. Although I've not done cross-country travel by road for almost 10 years now. But see, I miss any my friends tell me that they are going to Ghana by road. I still remember the fried and roasted chicken that I would eat between um, Togo border, Lube, Togo border and Aflao border of Ghana is so sweet. So right now, I'm thinking of a road trip to Ghana. Just so that you can have that. <laughs> it's so sweet. And then you can use any currency. Naira will work for them. Now there are borders. So your currency is value. So, at those times, I was young, so I like how what I was seeing. Yeah. Like when I travel to an African country, when I'm doing an interstate travel, I don't fly. I say I'll go by road. So I think road for me is another option. And I'm hoping that what the African Union is trying to do, train, yeah. connect the entire continent. I will be one of the first people to patronize, patronize travel by train across Africa. Yeah. Rough estimate, how many countries have you been to in Africa? I have come, but I've been to quite a lot. 
If you were to collaborate with another filmmaker, who would it be? I think I think the the the, the thing of the thing about collaboration is about image. Yeah. I don't have a name. Well, I think my next collaboration would be something that has a sense of togetherness. So what I mean is that a a collaboration between a Nigerian and somebody in I want to call it a country that is not very who are not very familiar with it. Burundi. In collaboration between the Nigerian filmmaker and the Burundi filmmaker. Mm -hmm. I was asking, is that in Africa? Is <laughs> that guys in East Africa, bro? Burundi is in East Africa. So I kind of collaboration that was because people do not know what Burundi looks like from our side. Yeah. So that collaboration would open that space. Especially for my even even if it's only for my WhatsApp family alone, they will have an idea of what Burundi looks like. I'm sure that when I was in Zambia, you were looking at my WhatsApp story, you were looking at what, whatever I was showing you of Zambia. But what you saw, and that would give you a better image. For some people, they, they think that Zambia has the best airports. Yeah, they have one of the best anyway, but some people think that Zambia airport is the best because I, I filmed, I filmed the entrance the, um, to the airport. It was really beautiful. So that's, what I, I, that, that, that's, what, that, that's the kind of collaboration I'm looking at right now. A filmmaker from Burundi. So if you're in Burundi, you're watching me, I'd like to do a collaboration with you, but I've not been to Burundi and I look forward to going there. Alright, so for the final section, right, we're going to play a game. Okay. And the game just came to me. Okay. The game just came to me. So, I'm going to list as many African countries as you can. Okay. You said there are 55, so let's see how far you can go. You'll be the one Yes, I will. I'll be the one counting. Nigeria, Ghana, Benin Republic, Togo, Côte d'Ivoire, Senegal, Sierra um, Leone, okay. Liberia, um, Guinea-Bissau, Guinea, Mali, Cameroon, Democratic Republic. Angola, Eswatini, Lesotho, South Africa, Botswana, Malawi, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya, Burundi, DRC. Is DRC different from the Democratic Republic? Yes, okay. the Democratic Central Republic. Okay. I said DRC. Yeah. DRC Brazzaville. Okay. Tunisia. Egypt. Algeria. Morocco. It's going. It's going regional. Yes, go on. Morocco. Um. Erukia. I don't know, I'm not sure you heard that name before the first time. Um, which other one? Which other one? How, how many am I now? That's one. 
which is wild. You've listed 31 African. 31? It's it. Really? Yes, that's, that's actually very wild. <laughs> Cape Verde. Okay. Cape Verde, yeah. What? I'm trying to calculate. Sorry. Yeah, Cape Verde. Gabon. Tanzania. Yeah, Hi, we mentioned Yes, you know. How many words? Yeah, it's 34. Please. That's incredible. 34 or 55 African countries. I mean, bro. Okay, 35. Yeah, the seat of power, Ethiopia. Wow. Wow. David, I really want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. So actually, David was on the original list of people to be on the podcast, but then I knew he was not going to be around. And then I just, and then uh, I'm hitting up to just, oh, what's what's going on? How's how's shooting going? And he said, oh, I haven't been able to go because of the um, delay in getting my visa. And I was like, ah, really would like come podcasting since they're like around. And then, and this was just two days ago, and then he's here. So David, thank you. I I really appreciate you. Um, You've influenced me in, I've told you quite a number of times, you've shown me the beauty of Africa. And I'm sure everyone watching here um, would start to do their own little research about Africa, right? And I'm hoping that when they watch this episode, they will see um, how beautiful Africa is and start to want to make change in Africa. Again, thank you very much. Um, And guys, Next time. Thank you. Thank you. Gracias. Hi, guys. My name is David Aquar, and this is my beautiful wife. Hi. And Aquar. Please like and follow. Walk it like I talk it. Say it again. Walk it like I talk it. Talk it like I talk it. <laughs> it's walking walk it like, like I talk it. it. Peace out.